book of Jude. And it only has one chapter, so. Jude 1, verse 3. Praise God. And um, I just, I, I know that, um, that the Lord has something today. I just, um, I was feeling this very heavy, very deeply in my heart. Amen. And um, so I just, I ask that you, that you position your heart, that you position your mind uh, for, to receive from the Lord. Amen. Because we can hear something and immediately forget it, or we can hear something and, um, you know, we can put on, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, deaf ears, if you call it like that, or you can put on blinders. Amen. But when the, when the word of God is just so uh, committed to the transformation of man and women and a woman, amen. And so the, the, the word of God can do what no other service, what no other program can do. The word of God is unique and special in that regard. Amen. So let's read out of um, the book of Jude. Uh, verse 3 says, Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith. Say, contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Amen. And then I want to take you to another scripture in 1 Peter, 1 Peter 3, verse 13, uh, 15. 1 Peter 3, 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience and when, that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revel your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. And then verse 17 says, for it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Praise the Lord. We're going to stop here. Amen. And uh, I just, you know, let's lift our hands once again. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to take over this uh, uh, preaching, over this, uh, the rest of this service. Heavenly Father, thank you, my Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to be here tonight, this morning. I pray that your word, my Lord Jesus, be spoken this morning, that it go through this, uh, uh, this ve vessel, my Lord Jesus, this vessel of flesh. I pray, Father, that it may be your word today and not mine. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, the Word of God says, amen, to uh, let's uh, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, amen. It's really, it's asking us, amen, it's telling us to prepare our hearts, amen, to have a separation in our lives between what is uh, holy or what is from of the Lord, amen, to what is carnal or what is uh, in this world, amen, and it, you know, and, and it com commands us a few things there, 
But at the end of the day, amen, what we are seeing here is that the the, the, the blood of Christ or the message that is in this word, the message of the gospel, that the blood of Christ is the answer to all of mankind and to all the needs of men and women. Amen. We see that and, and we just went through a, a, a season, amen, of Easter and we heard that through many messages or various messages regarding, amen, the blood of Christ and regarding the resurrection, amen, which is really, which is what the focus point, amen, of Easter should be, amen, the resurrection of Jesus, amen. And, and rightfully so, we have come to, uh, to listen to these messages and understand them and, and, and really take uh, a heed to that, that the blood of Christ has made it possible for a sinner like me and a sinner like you to have life, amen, and to have life abundantly, amen. So in a nutshell, we have the answer, amen. The gospel, this gospel here is the answer, it is the answer to all of mankind. Everything that one could desire in this world under the sun, the word of God is the answer to all of those things. It can change the heart of man. It is able to transform, amen. In fact, we sing, what can wash away your sin, amen? Only the blood of Jesus, amen? What can make you whole? What can restore? What can uh, uh, restore your broken life? Only the blood of Jesus, amen? What can uh, change? What can restore or mend a failed marriage? Only the blood of Jesus, amen? What can bring life back into your dead environment, into your dead world, into your dead life. Only Jesus can bring life back into your life. Is that too redundant? Amen. Only Jesus can bring life back into your, back into you. Amen. And it doesn't matter how, how desperate or it doesn't matter how severe or it doesn't matter how uh, uh, your life looks from your point of view, amen. Jesus has the answer. Jesus is the answer to that situation. Uh, uh, um, sometimes we think, well, I've, I'm too far down. Um, there's so much, uh, there's, there's no hope for me. There's hardly anything that I can do. And rightfully so, maybe by our standards or maybe by our perception or maybe by our resources. But the thing is that God works in the miraculous. He works where we cannot work. He works where your bank cannot work. He works where your job cannot work. He does so many things that are supernatural, that are beyond our reach, but he is able to do it. And if we could just understand and really take hold of that, that he is the answer to all things. That this gospel is the answer to the woes of mankind. It would be different. We would be different people. I mean, it's almost like 
we, everybody does truly, I'm going to say everybody truly wants the, the, what they can receive on that side of repentance, on that side of a relationship with God, because it is wonderful. It is amazing to live a life with God. It is amazing to live a life abundantly. It is amazing to live a life with joy, with no fear, with uh, 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 just amazing blessings. It is wonderful, amen? But you do have to go through a process and experience of repentance. You do have to go down the waters of baptism. You do have to, you know, work on yourself and reflect on a, to a certain point to the fact that we are sinners and the fact that we do need to connect with our God and that there is something that we do need to do. And so the message of this book, the message of the gospel is for men and women like you and I to have that experience with God. To go through that realization that without Christ, without, amen, uh, going through that process that I just, exclaimed, that I just went through, we're going to fall very short. And we're not going to be able to obtain those things that we so desire to. And so we do need to go through a moment of reflection, a moment where we realize that we need God. I think, you know, one of the, one of the things that um, uh, is required to have a change in life, whatever it is, whether it's you want another job or you want to receive higher education, or let's just say you want to get out of debt, or you want to do anything else, it requires that you be unhappy, or that you not want to be anymore in the place or in the condition that you're in. And until you, re until you reach that point, until you reach that place in your life, or in your mind, or in your heart, then you will make a decision to do something different. And so we need to realize that we no longer want to live just to live, that we no longer want to be in this life just to simply live or just to simply uh, walk another day or just to simply live another day. But we want to live it with purpose. We want to live it, amen, with, with, with a specific intent. We want to be purposeful, amen. And so we need to realize that we need God to be able to do that. And as we invite him into our lives it's they start to change. Absolutely. We are made a new man. The word of God says that we will be made a new creation. But you cannot be a new creation without accepting him or receiving him first. Because he is not going to force that upon you. So we need to receive him in order for him to make us a new man. Then our behavior changes. Our habits change. Our lifestyle changes. The things that we used to do, we no longer do. The Holy Spirit starts guiding us unto all truth. Because we start being like him. The word of God says, it compares it, it just... It makes it extremely simple. It puts these parables in place and it talks about, it says that he is, amen, the, 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 the divine, he is that root and we are the branches. 
We start being a part of him. We start being like him. And just like we are attached, amen, we are attached as a branch to that root. We are going to bear the fruit. We are going to take on the mind of Christ. We are going to be part of that body. And we are going to bear fruit of what Jesus is. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. And so this process or this starts, amen, the process of restoration, of change, of, of mending lives, amen. So lives or homes that were broken or damaged or had no hope, um, they start taking a different look. It starts changing when you, uh, uh, when you come to Christ and you have, uh, and you give yourself up to him. You give all of yourself to him. Your life starts looking differently. It didn't matter if you came from a broken home or you came from a broken uh, uh, just marriage or your life was in pieces. Your life was broken. It will start looking differently. Because God is going to start doing something there that nothing else can do. No other service, no other person, no other being, nothing else will be able to do that. And so things will look different. And, and sometimes that change looks different for, for different people. It looks different and some it's quicker, some it takes a little bit longer, amen. But God does certain things with everyone. He pours down the measure of faith that everybody needs to be able to go through the day or to start the change. Even if you had nothing, even if you knew nothing of God, this was your first day walking into church or walking into a service, a service, you would have a measure of faith to start you on your walk with God. You would have what you need to say, I think I'm going to do this. I think this is the way that I want to go. You would have enough faith to be able to start or kick you off on your relationship with God. It might look like curiosity. It might be something that you just simply want to see. I want to see what this is about. But it is enough to get you started in your walk with God. And so, uh, uh, you know, habits start to change. Sinful things that we used to do start to change, all with a relationship with God. Lives are transformed by the blood of Christ. If you haven't heard pastors uh, preaching from last week, you need to go back and listen to it because it was amazing. The resurrection power of Christ. The resurrection. There is so much power, amen, in the resurrection of Christ, amen. And just, you know, coming off of Easter, it was just an amazing, an amazing preaching, amen. And if you could just see or ask a few questions or look around, the so many things, the, the, the miracles that are happening in our homes, amen, just based on all these friendship groups, the things that are happening, they are so amazing. Lives are, in fact, being changed. There is healing taking place. Lives are being transformed. Homes are coming together. If we could just stop and see the benefit or what it is to really, when you receive the Lord in your life, in your home 
things change. God restores. He mends. He brings a, a family together. He changes things for the good. And there are so many examples that even pastor has been saying from what is happening in our church in Santa Ana. All the, 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 the really the miraculous things that are, ha that are happening. People are coming off of the streets and they're being changed. They're being transformed. There is power in the blood. There is power, amen, when you call on the name of Jesus. When you pray over a situation in the name of Jesus, things happen. My wife and I, we had, you know, we went to Mexico uh, about two weeks ago. And I'm not going to lie. One of the first things that you think about is like, you know, I don't want to be kidnapped. You know, I don't want anything to happen, you know, and it's amazing. I don't know if it's just me as a man or, or, or I don't know. And so I started looking up all these ways to try to deceive people or try to deceive an attacker. I was building, you know, a throwaway wallet, a burn, you know, a throwaway phone, things that if I was accosted, I would just be able to release And I would be able to go on, run away on my own way. There's it's like so many things that come into your mind. And so, um, at, you know, thank the Lord at the end of the day, I didn't need any of that, you know. <laughs> But you think about these things, you know, you think about these things. And, and I had a very good reason for bringing that up, but I can't remember anymore. <laughs> Amen. So I was trying, I guess I was trying to say that there is something, there is a trust. I remember now. Okay. Praise God. There is something that happens, amen, when you pray over a situation. Uh, a pastor uh, was telling us about uh, a member in his church. Uh, he was telling this when we had our last vigil. And he was, he was telling us that That same week, I think they have prayer on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I don't remember what day they have prayer. So they had prayer, and one of the church members said, my brother was just kidnapped, and they're asking for this enormous ransom, and if we don't provide it or we don't supply it, they are going to kill him. So the church, they, were, they, had, they had a vigil going on, so, uh, or they had prayer going on, and so they started praying for that situation. They started praying for that situation. And you know what happened? The very next day, they released him. They let him go. And they did not have to pay a single, a single cent of that ransom. So I'm trying to tell you that with our God, things are different. We serve a God that is alive. We serve a God in whose power, amen, we believe in and we trust in for all things. We trust in him for all things. And we can see the miraculous happen in the midst of adversity. Because he is able. And he is able to do exceedingly beyond what we can think or ask. The solution that we would think, oh, this is, this is the solution. He says, no, no, that's nothing for me. I've got something better for you. Here it is. And that's how our God operates. 
So in all this, though, I guess I'm trying to explain to you, I'm trying to bring to you the benefits of serving God, why we should serve God, why we should want to serve God. We had a, a, a great moment of, of, of worship a little earlier, and the song that was being sang was just amazing, and it was just really connecting us, amen, to, to the Lord, and, and I just really felt I was being connected, and, and I just thought, yes, the Lord has been good to me. The Lord has been faithful to me. He has been faithful every single day of my life. And I was just thinking, he does not deserve my disobedience. He does not deserve my sin. He does not deserve for me to defraud him or to go through a moment of disobedience where I would say, uh, you know what, I'm going to hang my Christian hat for a moment and I'm going to do this or I'm going to participate of this or I'm going to do that. I was thinking he has just been extremely good to me. He has been there for me my whole life. Why would I defraud him? Why would I sin against my God? It doesn't make sense. He has just been wonderful to me. And so in all of this, the Bible tells us, as we go back to our opening scripture in Jude, it says to contend earnestly for the faith. To contend, to fight, because there can come a time of settling down. There can come a time where you are just on cruise control. There can come a time where... You don't put much effort into your relationship with God. There's not a whole lot that you need to do anymore. What does that look like for you? What does it look like for me? My cruise control could look very different than your cruise control. But you can probably, you can reach that level or that phase where you're not doing much. You're just settling down. You're just, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, sitting in a pew, not doing much. But the word of God reminds us. It says that you fight earnestly or you can fight strenuously, right? That, that for the faith which once for all was handed down to the saints. Because why? Because this is the answer that the world needs. The faith that you have, the relationship that you have with God is what the world needs. And I'm not just going to say what the world needs. It's what the world wants. They want something. There is a longing in them. There is a, a, something missing in their heart. They want what you have. So this 
is the answer to the world today. And this is the only way for mankind to be saved. There is no other way for mankind to be saved. It needs the blood of Jesus because it is the only thing that can save. In fact, in Acts 4.12 says that in no other name, that there is no other name in which man can be saved. It also says that, oh, there's only one mediator between man and God. The Christ man, Jesus. There is only one way. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. The word of God reminds us and it tells us over and over that there's only one way to Christ. There's only one way. Praise the Lord. Give him a hand, praise. <laughs> praise God. So in that way or in that, what we know that the answer is, it's not a secret. It's not a secret formula or it's not a necessarily a better way or an alternative belief system which, you know, God has given only to a few people or some to some unique teachers or a group of people. No, this truth is available to everyone. This, this truth here is available to everyone everyone it is available to all of mankind this truth is made available to everyone i dare say this you want inclusion it's all right here jesus didn't have to set up no diversity equity and inclusion committee no it is all here in the word of God for everyone it doesn't matter what race you are it doesn't matter what culture you are it doesn't matter if you're a man it doesn't matter if you're a woman it doesn't matter if you're a child if you're old or young the word of God is for everyone it is a made available to every single person in this world it is for whosoever will chooses to accept it. Whosoever will, that's who this word is for. You just have to be tired of your sin. Like I said, you need to want to change. You want, you need to want to change. It's that thing, help me help you. The word of God says, help me help you. If you want a difference in your life, it is here for you. If you want change in your life, it is here for you. If you want joy in your life, it is here for you. If you want restoration in your life, it is here. If you want to, I don't know, uh, uh, just increase whatever uh, a blessing is, is over your life, it is right here through the word of God. Amen. And so it tells us... <clears throat> That there is going to be opposition. The word of God does say 
that there will be opposition, that there will be adverse situations. Because you know what? The enemy is not going to take this lying down. He doesn't just want, he doesn't want you and he doesn't want me and he doesn't want the people in the world to be saved. He really, really, truly wants you to go to hell. And he really, truly wants them to go to hell. He truly, really wants me to go to hell as well. So he is not going to take this lying down. So there will be adversity. The enemy, amen, will be there to put up a fight. That's why the word of God says, contend earnestly for the faith. Amen. Because without your faith, you have nothing. Without faith, amen, the word of God says it is impossible to please God. So you need to contend for this faith. You need to fight for it every single day. It has to be a purposeful and intentional decision that you make every single day. Amen. Your, your adversary, if your adversary is able to knock over your faith, if he is able to destroy your belief and your trust and your assurance really in God, if he is able to cast that doubt in what you believe in, you will look back. You will look back and you will turn back and you will start doubting the significance of this gospel here. You will start doubting it and you will start finding other means to, to supplement what is in this word. You will find other means to satisfy your spiritual nourishment, your spiritual hunger. You will find other ways to, to, uh, to nourish that. But the word says, amen, like I said, fight for it. Contend for the faith. You need to be in a position where you are able to defend it. Know why you are here. Know why you serve God. Be aware of the reasons that you chose to serve him in the first place. You know when you have that, when you had that moment, that experience with God, and you said this is the best thing ever? Go back to that and ask yourself, why did I choose to serve God? So you can't not get to that place where you're just cruising, where you're just settling down, where you're just, you know, where you just come to church for another service or you log on online just for one more service. You have to know why you are there. We are in a time where you must know apostolic truth. We need to commit this word to memory. We need to be able to defend this faith. We need to, need to be able to go, amen, when we're out in this world to, to really give an account as to why we are serving God. It was amazing. I, I, I loved the example that the preacher on Friday gave. When people came knocking at his door and he was able to defend this truth. He was able to defend this word. I thank the Lord that Brother Hernandez gave that example. Because you need it. 
you need to know how to defend this word. As a matter of fact, that second scripture that we read, 1 Peter 3, verse 15 says, Sanctify the Lord in your heart. So in other words, set it apart in your life. Acknowledge him wholly, right? And then it says, always, always, not sometimes. It says, be ready to give a defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance that is within you. We must be ready to defend this word. We must be ready to contend for the faith. We need to be able to explain this gospel. We need to be able to let people know when they are going down the wrong path that this is the right path. When people are going the wrong way, this is the right way. And we need to be able to say that and explain that. And it does say, with gentleness and respect. But how many of us, and I'll count myself in there too, how many of us are perhaps in violation of this verse? How many of us are not able to give a defense of the hope that is in us? How many of us are not able to give a defense for what we believe? If we truly believe it, can we explain it? Can we defend it? Can we give an explanation? Can we tell people about it? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But the case should be that we should. We must know this book. We must read this book. If we don't read it, we cannot defend it. If you don't know what's in it, you can't talk about it. If you can't read it, you're not going to build that faith in your life. If you don't read it, you're not going to be able to, to defend, to contend that faith. You're not going to be able to do it. And it's the same thing in life when you want to, something as simple as if you want to pass an exam. If you want to pass an exam, what do you have to do? You study. If you want to be, I don't know, whatever profession, whatever exam you want to take, whatever certification you need to do, if you want to pass that certification, if you want to pass that exam, you need to know about it, right? If you want to be able to explain it, you need to know about it. And the only way you're going to be able to do that is to commit it inside of you. David said, in my heart, have I stored your word? Your word have I stored in my heart so that I not sin against you. You have to store the contents of this book, the contents of this word in your heart so that you don't end up sinning against your God, so that you don't end up disobeying your God, so that you don't end up defrauding your God, so that you don't end up doing the things that we are not supposed to do against our God. 
because he has been wonderful to us, because he has been beautiful, because he has been faithful, because he has been the only one that is truly, truly faithful in our lives. He does not deserve our disobedience. He does not deserve our sin. Joseph, when Potiphar's wife took a hold of him, he didn't give any other reason but the only the one reason that said, how can I sin against my God? He didn't say anything else. He didn't say, I have a, a girlfriend. He didn't say, I have a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm scheduled to be married next week. He didn't, he didn't give any other answer or any other response. But he said, how can I sin against my God? And maybe that is a question or that is a statement that we need to take to heart. Because maybe it's not as severe as someone asking us to, you know, commit adultery, uh, if you could put it in levels of severity. But it could look like something else in our lives. It could look, I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to bring other examples. But it could look something different in each one of our lives. And are we truly saying that? How can I sin against my God? And so sometimes... The strategy of the world is to simply wear us out. And I'll tell you, the world is not shy about their gospel. They are not shy about their intents. They are not shy about their agenda. They are not shy about what they believe and what they wish to accomplish. And so sometimes the strategy of the world is to just simply wear us out. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? Why do you dress like this? Why do you dress like that? Why do you go here? Why do you go there? Why don't you go here? Why don't you go there? Why this? Why that? And, and all these things and just wear you out. Wear you out over months and years and years and years. And unfortunately, sometimes we succumb to that. Sometimes, like I said, we start looking and we start nourishing that spiritual hunger that's in our lives, that's in our spirit. Instead of nourishing it with the word of God, we start nourishing it with other things of this world. Other things that are like the word of God or are similar to the word of God, but they might not be the word of God. And so we need to be careful for that because our faith is at stake. And the word of God says, contend for the faith. Fight for it. It is the command. It is something that we must do every day. We must be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. That's what the word of God calls us to do. So we must be able to think ahead. We must be able to think ahead of our enemy. We need to know, amen, that this word provides the resources that we need to combat the strategy of the enemy. And so, really, if you listened or you didn't hear 
much of what I said today, I just want to leave you with this. Our God has been too faithful for us to defraud him. And the word of God asks us to be able to earnestly fight for this faith. And it wants us to be able to give an account to anybody that asks of what is in this book. And so I say, if you want a new life, if you want a different life, if you want to know the benefits, the true blessings of serving a God that is alive, a God that is able to do exceedingly beyond what you can think or ask, I challenge you to seek the Lord of Lords, the God who has no comparison, the God that has no rival, the God that has no equal. Everything else in this world is a creation. Everything else, it doesn't matter what other God it is or what other being or what other prophet or whatever it is, it is a created being. The devil himself is a created being. God is the only one that self exists. Our Lord Jesus is the only one that self exists. I want to invite you to stand in this moment. I want you to know that this word here, the more you read it, it's almost like the more you will enjoy it, the more you will come to love it. You start committing it to memory, it truly starts making a difference in your life. It starts changing who you are. This word will give you confidence. It will give you a trust in God like you've never experienced. Because you will start seeing situations in your life that will drive you, they will move you to prayer, it will move you to fasting, they will move you to do things that you normally would not do. That's how powerful this word is. And so there is hope for mankind. There is hope for everyone today. So I want to invite you, contend for the faith. You know, I, I've never been a uh, martial arts person or, you know, anything in that discipline or anything like that. But there is a verse that says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness and of this age, the spiritual host. And it says, for we do not wrestle. Um, I think that in a wrestling match, it's, I think it's the only sport or the only um, 
uh, I don't know, contact match where you use just about every part of your body. You use your arms, your legs, you use everything. You're on the floor, you're rolling around, you're doing a lot of things. It's not like other contact sports where you only strike or you only do, you know, other things. Wrestling, you're pretty much in it with all of you, every part of you. And it's interesting why the, this is penned this way. It's interesting why it's written this way. It says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. And then it gives a list of the things that we do wrestle against. Which tells me, when we fight with our adversary, when we contend for this faith of ours, it is challenging our physical body. It's challenging our mind. It's challenging our spirit. It is challenging every part of our lives, every part of our livelihood. So just think about that a little bit. You might feel worn out. You might feel like you can't do this anymore. But the God that is faithful can see you through this situation. He can see you through it today. He can see you through it tomorrow because you will have the measure of faith that you need to make it through that situation. And so I want to open up this altar. I, I have about another page and a half, but I don't think that it's necessary. I think that the Word of God is self-evident and we need to put ourselves in a position where we can properly defend this and we can properly contend and fight for the faith that we hold true. Praise the Lord. I just want to invite you. We need to come and talk to the Lord. If you've never had a relationship with God,